Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the blockchain, not a token was stirring, not even a Bitcoin. Hi, and welcome to episode number three of the Crypto Chick Podcast. So that little quote to start off the show was actually uh, written by my friend Alan Orwick. And Alan is actually the head of the Texas Blockchain Group. And I've got a great interview with Alan and a few of the other members from the Texas Blockchain Group for today's show. So for those of you who are not aware of what the Texas Blockchain Group is, uh, the Texas Blockchain Group is a blockchain organization at the University of Texas at Austin. They aim to serve the industry through research, development, and the promotion of blockchain and cryptocurrency. And members of the Texas Blockchain Group consist of undergraduates, graduate students, professors, and alumni, all from UT Austin. So I actually met Alan and a few of the members of the Texas Blockchain Group at the Texas Bitcoin Conference that I attended a few months ago. And I realized that these students really have a lot to say about blockchain and cryptocurrency. And of course, while, you know, they're students, they aren't big names in the industry just yet. I thought it was really interesting to hear the perspective of the younger generation in this space. Uh, We don't really hear a lot from the students that are involved in this space, so I thought it'd be a great idea to bring them on the show, have them talk to you about what they're doing, and share their thoughts on on blockchain and cryptocurrency, because after all, students are the future. Uh, These are the future leaders, and we've really got to uh, let these guys share their voices with the world. We really need to listen to what they think about the space. So... I think it's a really fun interview, definitely different. Uh, I haven't heard of any students on any other podcasts in this space, so pretty excited about this one. And I want to give a special shout out to Shelby Smith. She's a young woman who's a part of the Texas Blockchain Group. And when I met her, I was just blown away by her knowledge of blockchain and cryptocurrency. And she's one of the few women in the Texas Blockchain Group. And she's setting a great example for young women to join this space. We really need more women. And Shelby is really, you know, she's doing a great job by participating in this group, by showing her passion for blockchain and crypto and tech in general. So really wanted to give her a special shout out. And the Texas Blockchain Group is definitely rallying for more women to join. So if any of you are listening and you're a student or professor, alumni, et cetera, at UT Austin, definitely get involved with the Texas Blockchain Group. Get in touch with them, see how you can participate. They really need more women, and I think it would be great to see definitely an equal women-to-men ratio in the Texas Blockchain Group. Anyways, without further ado, I'm going to jump right on into the interview with the Texas Blockchain Group. So enjoy. Here today with some of the founders of the Texas Blockchain Group at UT Austin. So welcome, all of you, and I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves. Awesome. Thank you for having us, Rachel. Uh, To start, my name is Alan Orwick, and I'm a current junior computer science major here at UT. Uh, I'm the current president of the Texas Blockchain Group. Uh, My name is Jake Katzmarek. I'm a senior here at UT, uh, and I'm the treasurer of the Texas Blockchain my name is Preston Sledge. I'm serving as VP of Texas Blockchain, and I'm an MIS major here at UT. Cool. Well, thank you guys for coming on the show. Um, I think this is really interesting because a lot of the people that we have on the show are um, older and they've been in the space and all that. But 
you guys are young and you've started this amazing initiative here at UT Austin. So I want to hear about what you guys are doing. I mean, Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Yeah. So I guess to begin, the main thing we want to push forward for, especially for the student demographic, is the education of blockchain. Uh, There's so much in the news and there's so much in the media that can persuade students to not pursue and to develop this technology. But uh, being so young and being able to start finding your interests early is something that is very, very important to us, considering that the blockchain space is so young. And so by providing resources and providing a hub for students here at UT, we can begin to cultivate projects and cultivate awareness for everything in the blockchain space. Yeah, and uh, millennials are going to be the generation to adopt this technology. So whatever we can do to contribute to that, and I see it as kind of letting the air, a little air out of the bubble. You know, we kind of want to cushion that. And with education and awareness, we kind of want to cushion the mania a little bit and kind of bring some clarity to the space. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, it's nice that, you know, I think originally the plan was just kind of to get groups of students together to talk about blockchain because we kind of found that was difficult at first, you know, because a year ago compared to today, there were you know, were less people in it, you know, even it was kind of on the way up then. So it quickly saw more people come in, but we just wanted, you know, a group that we could talk about blockchain, cryptocurrencies uh, with, and then it's kind of expanded from there. You know, we're looking forward to uh, kind of developing it further, you know, going past just talking about stuff and actually getting projects done. Yeah. How, how many people are in the group so far? Currently, there are 64. So over the past year, we've grown um, from the start about 10 of us to Uh, 64 where it is right now. And so uh, it's been a great initiative to be able to get these people together. And amongst those 64, it's spread between uh, mainly coders, business, law, marketing, and pretty much everything in the space, considering that blockchain is so interdisciplinary. Cool. And what are you guys doing on kind of, you know, a regular basis to um, raise awareness on blockchain technology? Yeah. So the main thing we do is our biweekly meetings. And so uh, we have our biweekly meetings where everyone comes together and presents different topics. And at those meetings, we also like to have different companies and presenters come in and interact directly with the students. And outside of that, we have our committees meet uh, on that other uh, biweekly basis in between the general meetings. And so those are going to be more of your working meetings, the research and actually hands on uh, whenever you can go back to the general meetings and present those findings. And most of our time and energy recently has been poured into our first course offering at UT. And we've been trying to, you know, officially spread education and awareness that way. Or it's actually, you know, students can register for it and take it. And we had such a high demand that we had to cap it off at, at like 65 students, I think. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we created the curriculum for that and kind of are doing our part and contributing to the space and kind of uh, bringing these kids in and opening their eyes to Web 3.0 in general. Wow, that's impressive. So in terms of the I mean, so as this course, is it up and running or is it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, okay. The first iteration of it, we actually just wrapped up. So it's not it wasn't a full semester course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was pass fail uh, only for credit for engineering students. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and, and uh, curriculum wise, it was just Bitcoin, Ethereum, how they work and the implications, basically. So introducing to the, the students to the space. Uh, we're working with other projects, though, to bring more advanced courses to UT. So smart contract developer courses, we're working with consensus to kind of uh, push that at the university as well. But uh, yeah. Yeah, the course was really cool. It was very kind of guest lecture based. So, I mean, um, it was student based for one thing. It was uh, very TA ran, you know, on most days. Or I'd say, I, I yeah. did, you know, 40% of the days was the TA student were kind of running it. And then the other 60% of the classes were, you know, we had a representative from 
some Austin crypto yeah. blockchain company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we ended it up with our last um, lesson with a panel between, you know, Jack Lou, uh, Paul Snow over here at Factum and from the uh, Austin blockchain. Yeah. And we, we made it one of our big focuses to actually open source the curriculum. You know, we're acting as guides. We don't want to kind of dictate what you should learn and where to go. I mean, we want to give you a starting point, mm-hmm. but we kind of want to, to just open source the curriculum as much as we can, bring in as many industry experts mm-hmm. as we can so they can share their experiences. Yeah. And the course itself was very relaxed. That was the nice thing about it. Uh, being that blockchain is such a scary topic at times to get into, you know, students don't want to go in and say, well, I'm signed up for a three hour course that I'm going to be having to do projects and homeworks and exams for. And that's, that kind of just you know, steers people away. And so for us, we modeled it after, you know, you get three attempts on a quiz. If you fail the first two times, you know, ask your friends for the answers on the third. And so after that, basically modeling it and seeing what students had and what feedback they had for us to iterate further on for the next few semesters and build on top of that, considering the demand is really high, you know, capping at 70 students or 65 uh, and having that fill up and still have pretty good attendance throughout the semester. Uh, the students are interested and they're engaged. It's just a matter of how we present the information and what we need to get across to them to really understand what's behind all this technology and yeah. hype. And it's super interactive, super feedback-based as well. So it may look completely different next semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're just going to want to iterate on it and make it as best we can. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think it's really interesting. Like, you know, I'm a journalist in the space and I'm also a co-host on this show, but how do you teach blockchain? Because for me, I've learned, you know, after two years, I've learned about the space through people mm-hmm. and I'm meeting interesting people all the time. But when I was an undergrad at UT Austin, I was studying English and government, didn't know what blockchain or crypto was at the time. But I just, you know, how do you guys teach blockchain to students? Metaphors. That, that's a very tough question to answer, considering that the class we had this past semester was so diverse in students. And so you're going to have people that are business majors, MIS, you're going to have people that are in marketing, you're going to have people that are engineering or computer science. And so just the way the technical, I guess, level of expertise and understanding versus the economic and business understanding is very different in a class uh, such as the one we had this past semester. And so uh, starting with just how we begin and what Bitcoin is and what it looks like in the history that it came out of, explaining the cyberpunk movement, explaining Satoshi, explaining the white paper, and really starting from there and saying, this is where the origins of a lot of the mainstream focus has come from. And taking it from that and getting a little bit more technical as much as the business majors didn't want to look at code, uh, sometimes we'd force them to considering that this inherently is a very technical space. And so elaborating on that, we'd shift over to smart contracts, what decentralization means, what really funnels these blockchains and allows them to create value as a technical system. And so uh, continuing on from that, we had speakers on crypto economics. We have a great professor in the economics department named uh, Cesare Fercasi, who came in and did a great lecture on uh, how to value tokens and utility tokens and store value and everything behind that and what it means. And so um, getting a full, just broad spectrum of the space, considering that they're only spending seven hours in class for this past semester, more to come for the later semesters. But building on that and really being able to sit down in a classroom and have experts educate you on the space. Yeah, I definitely think talking with people is, you know, the best way to do it. And that's why it's kind of a lot of times it wouldn't translate translate well over to a classroom setting, you know, where it's just kind of a lecture. But, you know, that's why, you know, we always try to wrap the class up, you know, I'm going to say 10 minutes early, but, you know, a little early. Then, you know, students will stay late and, you know, talk to the TAs, the speaker, you know, at the time and really just kind of clarify things. I think that's really the really kind of where you get the bulk of your kind of learning. And that, you know, on the other hand is also like teaching people, I think helps Mm. 
uh, people learn. So that's why I think in the future, something we're going to look at too is kind of having, you know, obviously it was very TA focused as far as the lecture structure goes, but I think next time we're trying to even shift it to like students in the class are kind of going to put on like a lecture of some sort, just something to get them explaining. Because I think forcing yourself to explain something kind of really proves if you know it or not, because it's easy to, it's easy to listen along with something like, yep, uh uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like anyone can can kind of do that, but like it takes like a blank mind and you having to paint the picture yourself is kind of how you know, you know, talking it out. Mm -hmm. That's a good Mm -hmm. point. I mean, the class is very interactive and it's kind of for our purposes too. I mean, we learn or we're learning from the students just as much as they're learning from us too. Absolutely. Uh, But I think a big part of getting the idea of blockchain across is money. Now we have this alternative form of money and we don't have to passively except the monetary system that's been pushed on us since we were born. And so people haven't really dug into these mechanisms behind money, how it works, the type of money that we use. So now we can start exploring these different aspects of money since we do have alternatives now. Yeah. And I guess speaking on that point too, especially for millennials, the system that we've grown up in and that we've been interacting with for such a long time is very different from the ones of the people that are older than us. Because nowadays you'll have people post their Venmo transactions on a feed that's globally accessible. And, you know, they don't really care about privacy and they don't really care about things like that, Mm -hmm. which is something that blockchain technology is inherently trying to solve. And so given that they millennials don't truly understand how broken our systems are and what the kind of processes that it takes to fix these, such as the banking system, fiat currency, and even Facebook and these large corporations that host all of our data, you know, blockchain is a way out of that. And it's a matter of educating people on that. So they begin to understand and have that in the back of their mind that, you know, this is something that's really going to change the future. Mm -hmm. Amen, brother. Truth. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Very good point. Just out of curiosity, how do you guys explain the difference between blockchain technology and cryptocurrency? It's a good question. So in terms of the technology itself, uh, you can model blockchain more strictly just by database. I mean, that's what blockchain technology is. It's a database with certain permissions and restrictions that follow Satoshi consensus or Ethereum's consensus models. And they you know, truly just are a way of constructing databases to be append only and have ways of users interacting with each other in a very fault tolerant and peer to peer way. And so that model can be taken and applied anywhere to business. And you can extrapolate that for all the business students and say supply chain or healthcare and these models that don't necessarily need to be tokenized. But when you're looking at a monetary system and you can say, you know, whenever you have that true store of value and that true actually ownership, you can use that and apply it directly to currency and you can begin to tokenize and you can begin to abstract that into a way that's more permission for a currency and borderless and mm-hmm. payment based. Right. Yeah. Blockchain by itself is boring. I mean, it's just a database. It's just yep. a distributed database, which is helpful in eliminating trust and increasing transparency for some businesses. So we'll see it get adopted there. But the really interesting part is when you start adding these incentives onto a distributed database yep. to make it completely decentralized. And that's where cryptocurrency comes in. Is You can play around with these incentives. And that's where all the mechanism design and all these exciting different applications that we've never seen before. Yeah, so I think I think my favorite example on top of that is what Paul said the other day during our panel. You know, you have people in uh, North Korea mining Bitcoin, and they're doing it by all the same rules that everyone else on the network is. At the same time, North Korea is printing millions and millions of U.S. hundred dollars, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, it kind of just again goes back to the point of if you have those systems that are broken, but North Korea can still follow Bitcoin's rules. Then you can say, you know, that's the power of a blockchain database. Mm -hmm. And then just at the blockchain database itself, 
how do you apply that to areas outside of just currency? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure this kind of metaphor is kind of beat to shit this weekend with you know the speakers and you know, a bunch of others. But I think of it as like blockchain is the internet and Bitcoin, Monero, you know, all these others are websites on the internet. It's like blockchain itself is going to be the overall revolutionary kind of overarching theme, uh, you know, common denominator amongst these cryptocurrencies, most of them. Um, but, you know, the there will be the individual outliers that uh, kind of command the space better than others can. Um, I think Bitcoin's a little different just because it's kind of like the the grandfather of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard Bitcoin be compared to the protocol. Yeah, I think it's dumb to say that we all have one chain. I mean, be for sure, for years. sure, for sure. Completely agree. Yeah. Did you guys? So <laughs> I just had a funny thought in terms of like homework. Do you, do, do you guys, were you like, yeah, you have to read the Satoshi white paper? Oh, yeah. That first oh, yeah. That's, that's, exactly one. <laughs> the grandfather so of all cryptos. That's exactly what we started with. You know? how, are you, how are you not going to start with the Bitcoin white paper as a first homework? It's just, I mean, that's just child's play at that point. And so uh, build, building on top of that, you're going you're gonna to have to have, you know, a basic understanding of Bitcoin, considering that's the main name in the game right now. And so, I mean, once you understand those mechanisms, I mean, it's a nine page white paper. You can get mm. through that in, you know, an hour sitting. And if you really want to understand it, you can go read more and find out more on top of that. But um, that's pretty much what we based our first few lectures off of is all of that information in there. Mm-hmm. And even every lecture after that, we'd have, because um, the quiz was an online quiz that they would do at home. And then, it, I mean, it was like, what, five questions normally. And then mm-hmm. like Three would pertain to the lecture, and then two would be pertaining to the um, kind of outside reading that was assigned for that Whichever week. Whichever guest speaker we had that week. Right, or guest speaker. But, yeah, we would definitely try to get them um, kind of going out and doing their own things. I think that's kind of, you know, you push them far enough and they'll, you know, fall in the rabbit hole, and they'll find something that just really interests them and just really – and then know. it really starts to click. If you're doing your own research, you're like, well, why am I researching this? What interests me? And if you, you know, find something that you really like, that's when you, again, like you said, go down the rabbit hole. Right, it's like, right. How does that apply to this? And you start making all these connections and you're like, well, now I've been reading about Satoshi and Bitcoin for three hours. What the hell am I doing? It totally yeah. So <laughs> right. it kind of all just starts from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just curious, what kind of questions do you have on that quiz? Like one question, just as an example. I mean, so on a technical sense, I mean, you have to ask if you do read the white paper, like what's in a block header, right? Con- considering blockchain technology is so simple as looking, I link this block to this block and what do I hash and what do I put in it and what does it mean? You can ask questions as simple as that because who's going to guess what a nonce is? If you don't read it, you don't know what a nonce is. If I ask some random person on the street, what's a nonce? They're going to be like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you read that white paper, then you can understand right away, you know, the answers to those. So it's, it's not a hard quiz. We right. don't want them to be hard. We're not failing students. I mean, I'm not going to be the TA that everyone hates after just one semester of teaching mm-hmm. it, but uh, something that's simple, fairly easy to understand, but you just got to read it and get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those things teachers, it's like, you see it a lot. It's not a hard question if you read it or watch it or whatever, but it's almost impossible if you didn't, just because it's exactly. like one of those where, yeah, you wouldn't guess. A little nugget or, of gold. Yeah. Something like that. True. And, or uh, Bitcoin, perhaps, if you want to make it. <laughs> Digital yeah. gold. And yeah, we try to ask questions and kind of frame it, not just what it is, but why it's important in the big overall scheme of things. Like, what implications does it have? So we try to, we try to not keep it as theoretical or try mm-hmm. to keep it on theoretical, as, as applicable as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, so what, what do you guys want to accomplish through the Texas blockchain group? Like, do you want to see more courses being taught on blockchain and crypto here at UT and, and even like, you know, throughout the world. I mean, this is important. And mm-hmm. I do believe that soon 
universities will be teaching this in the right. curriculum. So like, mm-hmm. what, what is the goal of this group? Well, I, I definitely wouldn't say it's the end goal because I see kind of us moving past it. But I mean, definitely, you know, within the next five years or so, uh, introducing like a major, you know, I, I yep. definitely see like yep. blockchain, you know, what'd you major in college? Blockchain. Like mm-hmm. I, that doesn't, you know, seem weird to me at all that we're going to see that in a couple of years. And it's already happening at other universities. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, year. maybe even like crypto finance or something like that, a major, but something, I mean, there's definitely going to be something with, um, you know, this kind of new age of technology, this new, you know, way of doing money, mm-hmm. you know, record keeping. It's just, I mean, there will be, uh, academia is going to have to kind of mold around it in a way. I think the biggest part is this open forum and open discussion about money. Uh, I keep coming back to it, but uh, you know, we have these alternatives now. And I guess one of the main things kind of separate from the educational aspect is the production and the research and the projects, because in the past, you know, you've seen so many great projects come out of colleges and universities. You know, you've had so many great innovators out of colleges and universities. And blockchain itself is a very inherently different kind of ecosystem. It's one of the industry. It's spurred out of a random innovation by an unknown synonymous Satoshi Nakamoto. And so we don't really know exactly how much research in academia is behind that. But through Texas Blockchain, we're hoping that we can really funnel students to this research and to working with professors and and collaborating and, you know, churning out papers and churning out different ideas and projects that begin to link to other parts of the industry as well. Blockchain is not something that should be so isolated to itself. It should be something that interacts with previous payment systems. It should be something that interacts with wireless networking, IoT, big data, AI, and so much that's already going on in the research in the research sphere. And with UT being a, a great research university, there's so many other professors that we can work with and interact with and begin to spread our knowledge because I'm currently in a couple of classes now that I'm just like, you know, how much does my professor know about this? I mean, I'm very, very fortunate for my finance class. You know, the first project we had is, you know, how is blockchain going to be a creative, destructive mechanism in the accounting law and, you know, normal business procedure and current industry in that regard. And so he's blasting out a 700 to a 700 person course to all write a paper on blockchain and what it is. And I'm like, that's crazy that I'm starting to see that now. It's crazy you're starting to see this from other professors. They want to see how they can be involved. They want to see what their students can do to be aware for this, to be aware of this change and to begin actually, you know, preparing for it. And so, um, again, tying that back into what all the other professors can do, how that affects their research and actually creating, you know, change and products out of that whole initiative itself. Yeah, and I just want to emphasize, uh, I think the most important part of all this is the open forum and the open discussion about money. I mean, this is effectively the separation of state and religion. We have this separation. We're in the midst of the separation of state and money. And now we can have these privatized forms of money and we can iterate on them. We can see what works, what doesn't, uh, rather than, you know, taking orders or uh, having a monopoly over the creation of money. Very so, much so. Definitely. Yep. Just out of curiosity, um, so how many people did you say are in the group now? 64. 64. Yep. Are there, um, how many women are in the group? Probably about eight. Oh, yeah, God. Five. There's definitely yeah. less. No. <laughs> definitely less. There's not, it's so, not an equal split. Very, I'll very male-dominated. Uh, space in general. The space in general is yeah. like that, yes. And, and, and that's one of the main focuses we've also been trying to promote, too, is how yeah. can we get women involved? Because, again, they think pretty differently in terms of what we're going to try to see and how we view things as men. And so taking their ideas into consideration and molding that around, you know, how is that going to affect women across 
all industries again. And so uh, that's something we try to focus on a lot at UT and raising awareness for that as well. Mm-hmm, definitely. And we, we were talking about it earlier, but Shelby's actually been a great job, uh, kind of catalyst for that too. She's brought on probably, you know, between Katie, Sarah and Rachel. And, yeah, Rachel, she's probably brought on three or half our girls by herself. So, I mean, she's done a great job. It definitely helps having um a, you know a girl on board who's yeah. cool easy to talk to like well, it must be intimidating from the outside looking in absolutely right, male dominated, absolutely you know, space yeah no i definitely don't blame him for being uh a little hesitant but yeah. we're definitely you know we would love to do like a um you know in the future you know we don't have the numbers for it quite yet but you know we'd love to do like a you know women only you know crypto event on campus or elsewhere um something to just you know raise awareness you know i think it'd I think it'd be great for the space. Get, get some Paul, ladies Paul out. actually, Paul, in fact, I'm actually pitched that idea too. Right. So. Yeah. And Paul was kind of, Paul was kind of, you know, giving us a, a little, uh, a little help. Hard for, time. Yeah. yeah a little time. bit of a hard time for not having <laughs> enough girls, but hey, we're trying, we're, we're doing our best. Yeah. Well, hey, that, that sounds like a good idea. And if you do do something like that, I'd be happy to come and moderate. Oh, Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. We'd love to have Definitely. you. I'm a big promoter of getting more women. In Absolutely. Space, as Joel and Travis and our listeners know, we need more women in the space. So That's right. I'm glad to hear that you guys are really trying to push that also. Mm-hmm. We'll get on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make some Bonnie the Bitcoiner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some, Sleeve rolled some, up. Some Bitcoin women cartoons. <laughs> so like in terms of topics and I mean, you know, we're, I, I guess I'm still considered a millennial, but we're all millennials here. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing? Um, like what are millennials really focused on in terms of like topics? Yeah, I'd say, um, I think millennials in general, even kind of before blockchain and Bitcoin was kind of the craze, uh, I think fintech in general is just kind of a really big, hot topic. Um, you know, I know I'm an econ major, so I kind of definitely see like, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, want to get in it for, yes, kind of the get rich quick aspect in a way, you know, whether they say it or not. Um, but, you know, kind of the investment and kind of the new way that it's forcing us to think about money and these financial institutions that... Um, We've kind of always just accepted that there's one way. You know, it's one of those things we've we've never thought of another way to do it because it's almost just so complex and just so much red tape and stuff like that behind it. Um, yeah, I think a lot of kids are interested. I mean, money's great and all, like secure that bag, but a whole other side to blockchain and that whole ecosystem is asset ownership. And so, what students really like to see in terms of the more creative side is if you're a music producer, where do I go to produce my music so that I have ownership of the music I put out? If right. I'm a game player and I like playing card games, how do I own my cards and how do I actually transact those on a peer-to-peer basis and have value on that? If I'm a artist and I want to put an artist, a piece of painting on the blockchain, how do I make sure that I get the revenue whenever that's sold? And so taking that asset ownership and really making it you know, the sovereign identity, the sovereign self and having your own ownership of all of the things in your life. Just as Paul said, you know, whenever you have all your cards and all these different databases, you don't know who owns what, you don't know where your information right. is. And so I think that's a very, very appealing aside to the blockchain, considering that you can have true ownership of everything that you do pretty much. Yeah. And I want to go off that too. And I think the biggest asset in this day and age is our data. Yeah. And now we can finally take back our data in the form of, and dApps are the most exciting. Twitter and Insta, and, Facebook. And promising applications. So yeah, something like a decentralized Twitter would be great for content creators. I mean, random people will post really funny tweets and they'll get, you know, 50K retweets, 50K likes, and just reap all this, all this content and all this interaction. And who reaps the benefit of that? Only Twitter. Mm. You don't get any compensation for that. And then once you get to a certain level of popularity, 
the only way to monetize that is to sell out, start accepting, you know, all these paid promotions, all these ads and stuff like right. that. Uh, if we could, I, and there is solutions out there. Which, right, quick, which diminishes your content. A lot of people right, don't, they don't, they don't the quality like of your content too. Right. So I don't want my timeline littered with third party interests, different mm-hmm. stuff like that. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's something that would monetize not only your content, but your data as well on a deeper level. But if you were able to monetize your content and everybody could verify, oh, this tweet is funny. And that's their verification. That's the mining. It's this social mining, if you would. But you verify that on the ledger. And now everyone can see and be distributed and be rewarded for their content. It's great. Brad, cut out that middleman. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, before we wrap it up, I want to know two things. First, if if you could have any guest lecturer come to your next class, I guess, <laughs> session, who would that be? Ooh. Maybe they're listening to the podcast right now. <laughs> Joseph Lubin would be great to have on the podcast. Okay. I think having consensus in Austin and the things that consensus does, again, talking about asset ownership and ownership of identity, I think students would really resonate with that. And having him come and you know, do a lecture on just how that means on a very individual level and where the space is going and that this is something that's here to stay. I think that would really motivate students and draw a lot of students to the space. There's so many programmers here at UT. There's so many marketers. There's so many business people that are, you know, looking for ways to be involved in different things. They're not quite sure what they want to do. And the blockchain space is very, very ripe for a ton of smart people to come and work on stuff like that. Yeah, I think, um, Mr. Lubin would be great, but I think if I had to pick one, uh, I'd have to get my man Vitalik down here. That too. Awesome. Uh, awesome. I, I think awesome. mainly awesome. just because I, awesome. I think people forget how young that kid is. I mean, he's probably, I mean, he's only 23 or 24, yeah. so, yeah. you know, he's mm-hmm. not much older than me. I think so, it'd be, what uh, are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> what am I doing, right? Now, I, I need to get some advice from him. Um, but, you know, I think right now he is kind of, you know, maybe the young Bezos or the young Tim Cook of kind of the crypto industry. So I've always kind of looked up to him. I'd love to have him out. My two choices. First off, I got to get my guy CZ out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Binance. Yeah. That man is taking over the world as we speak. Um, and I just like, I like his vision on the whole crypto sphere as well. Uh, the other one would probably be Charlie Shrimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, like these OG Bitcoin, like the fact that he's been in it since the beginning and just kind of accepted the geek kind of ecosystem, but saw the potential of the technology before everyone else did and dedicated his life to it. That's something that's super respectable. And that's obviously where you're going to find the purest intentions in the space right. is these people that brought it from the ground up. Uh, and Bitcoin was such a ground up project that it took, you know, dedication. So yeah. And Charlie Shrem is, you know, right up there and he's, you know, done time for Bitcoin. So yeah, you know, he's yeah. in it to win it. So yeah, I'd love to have him out. And Definitely uh, honorable mentions to the Wink of Lost Twins. Though. That, was, <laughs> that was a toss up between those. Shout out to Jimmy too. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy was great. Well, if any of those amazing people are listening to the podcast, which maybe they are, who knows? Um, yeah, they should come out and give a lecture here at Absolutely. the University right. of Texas at Austin for the mm, for yeah. the Texas Blockchain Group. I think that would be amazing. So hopefully we can make that happen. Second question is, how do people find you? Like, let's say somebody in, you know, San Francisco wanted to connect with you guys. How, how do people find you? Yeah, so I guess the easiest ways to find us are on Twitter at TX Blockchain. Instagram at the same username as well, TX Blockchain. We're on Facebook as a Facebook page. Uh, you can find us on Facebook under Texas Blockchain. 
Uh, we have an email at info at txblockchain.org. And then we have a website up at blockchain.ece.utexas.edu. A bit long right now, but we're working on it. We have a few partnerships hoping to shorten that up a bit just to <laughs> Texas. But Yeah, easiest way, info at texasblockchain.org. Mm-hmm. And you can check out the website as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, info at texasblockchain.org. Yes, Blockchain. TXBlockchain.org. Tx, Tx, cool. Well, I really think what you guys are doing is wonderful, especially, you know, being a Texas X. I just love seeing this innovation here at the University of Texas at Austin. And, you know, I see it out, you know, at Berkeley. I live in San Francisco. And to see it here at UT, I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just give a quick shout out to Decred. And that's mm-hmm. why yeah. uh, you guys are here at the Texas Bitcoin Conference because you're uh, helping them out. Decred. That's right. Decred, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Decred. Decred. Yeah. Decred, yeah, they're one of our good partners around the area, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we we worked with them in the past as well, and we decided we'd help them out. And, yeah, you know. and also Factum as well. So they were uh, Decred actually came and spoke uh, during one of our lectures. They presented on mining, and Factum actually pre- uh, helped present during our final panel. So mm-hmm. cool. So two really awesome companies in the space to mm-hmm. also follow. Absolutely, very much so. Cool. Wan Chain as well. Wan Chain as well. Wan mm-hmm. Chain. They've been Wan great. Chain. And we have to we have to shout out Professor Sriram Vishwanath. He is a statistics <laughs> professor mm-hmm. in the engineering department. He is our advisor. He has helped us so much in terms of growing the organization, working through the bureaucracy that is UT, and also just setting up a lot of things for us to interact with students and other professors. So he is open to all sorts of stuff. He's actually presenting on a panel here today. And so again, he's all over the place, but again, always looking to help out in terms of what we're doing here. Great guy to have on your team. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for joining us today. And remember, hook'em horns. And hook'em horns is actually the saying that you hear around UT Austin, especially during football games. You hear people saying hook'em horns and giving each other the horns um, using their fingers. So, which is actually a good thing. It sounds like it could be a bad thing, you know, but it, it's a good thing doing the horn symbol. And I'm able to actually say that because I did my undergrad at UT Austin and I've got a lot of love for UT and I'm a Texas ex. From Dallas originally, can't you hear the country accent? Not really. But um, anyways, to learn more about the Texas Blockchain Group and what the team is doing there, you can find out information in the show notes. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Crypto Chick Podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the show. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you have time and want to show me some love, please leave a review. I enjoy hearing your feedback, and you can reach out to me on Twitter at RachelWolf00 or on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. See y'all next time.